When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody, and welcome on in to the Dog House here on the OBR Streaming Network on every Tuesday night where we're going to sit here and we're going to preview the upcoming Cleveland Browns football game, the 8-5 and five Cleveland Browns. It's weird to say. It's hard to say the 8-5 and five Cleveland Browns, but the 8-5 and five Cleveland Browns, and we got the Chicago Bears coming into town, and I've got, I got to tell you, the guest we got tonight I am so excited about a big-time Bears guy, a big-time Chicago guy, and frankly, one of the biggest podcast guys in all of the country, and he's coming in to preview this game with us. I'm going to bring him in in a minute, but before we do that, welcome to the OBR Streaming Network. The Orange and Brown Report is the oldest and the biggest independence Cleveland, independent Cleveland Brown site in all of Cleveland, so make sure you get over to the OBR.com and subscribe, and make sure you hit subscribe, make sure you follow, make sure you do everything for the OBR on the socials and the streaming network and Twitch and YouTube and all that stuff. Uh, the OBR is the best place for Browns coverage in all of Cleveland. So welcome in to the OBR. Also, I just want to point one thing out before I bring in my special guest. It's an exciting day for us because one of our oldest friends with the OBR is now one of our sponsors with the OBR. You see the shirt I'm wearing right here. You see the, the, the crew here, the Nike shirt, the OBR crew, uh, our buddy Philly, uh, you know him in the comments, OG Philly, Philly ASC, ASC Scott Fillinger is now a sponsor with us, man, uh, and, and he's sponsoring all of our shows, really, on the OBR streaming network, so we welcome Philly in. I look forward to shouting him out as much as possible. I'm still, I'm not going to give him any slack in the comments. I'm still going to beat him up in the comments a little bit, but uh, Philly works with everybody from Fortune 500 companies to small businesses like ours, uh, designing stuff, doing their branding, uh, and, and doing the stuff we wear on the stream. So if you have a business, a nonprofit, a personal need for high-quality merchandise, and you want to give that business to a fellow Browns fan, reach out to Philly. He'll take care of you. You can get his info. You can find him online. Uh, but shout out to Philly because, look, at even like Serge says in the comment, the shirt looks great even on me. And if he can make a shirt look good on me, he can do things. He can do magic for you. So shout out to Philly. All right, now it's time to get into the doghouse. And joining me to preview this game, which has turned into a pretty interesting game, really interesting storylines on both sides. Uh, this man is the host of, I think I would call it my favorite podcast that's not on the OBR, the host of the Dog Walk podcast, the host of Barstool Mid Show, and he does about a million other things for Barstool Sports. Let's welcome him in now. You know him as Barstool Eddie. Eddie, welcome to the doghouse. What's up, Mike? Thanks for having me, man. Eddie, I almost welcomed you to the dog walk. It's very confusing. It's, <laughs> you could have done that. That's confusing. fine. I would have accepted it. We could have rolled with it. We could, yeah. Hey, listen. Uh, it's a bit. I think it's a bigger deal to be on the dog, uh, the dog walk. But you know, the doghouse is a pretty good place too. It's a pretty good place too. Hey, I like the dog. We're all dogs. I like it. We're all dogs. So Eddie, man, uh, first of all, for those of you that do not follow Eddie, that don't know about Eddie and the uh, the dog walk, man, five days a week you're out there uh, doing your show. Everything from, I think one of the great concepts in all of shows, the Monday draft uh, is great. Uh, and, and then you go with, you got true crime stuff on there. You got sports stuff on there. And you're also busy covering Chicago sports and really sports nationally for Barstool, man. Uh, 
where do you find it? How do you even find the time to come hang out with me for a half hour tonight? You know what? People keep calling. You call, you just answer. It's fine. You just make some time. Uh, the Bears are like somehow exciting again. So it's like, all right, hey, let's let's see what's going on. Bears, Browns, you know? Yeah, so you're a Chicago guy. Uh, you've been a Bears fan, what, your whole life? You've been covering oh. the Bears a little bit. Uh, so, you know, uh, it, you guys are in such an interesting position. But the, the weirdest position I think you could possibly be in. Yeah. To be a team that has two top five picks and is still in the hunt and right there with the, the, the whole NFC playoff picture is crazy. Does it put you, like as a fan, are you in a weird, like what position are you in? Because do you want, you want to see them win a little? Because the, the nice thing for the Bears, that number one pick, it's not locked up, but it's pretty close to locked up. There's not, not going to be a lot of games the Panthers are going to win from here on out, and you have the, the Panthers first round pick from last year. Uh, so do you, do you want the Bears to kind of go for it and see how far they can get, knowing that you're going to have probably the top pick? Or do you... Or do you want the Bears to have two as high a picks as possible for moving forward? We got to the point where you just had to stop thinking about it. We just got to let <laughs> whatever fate happens. We just got to let it happen and watch it unfold because I was definitely on the tank side for sure before we won that Vikings game on Monday night three weeks ago. Then once we won that, I was like, ah, we're kind of in trouble here with if we want our pick. Obviously, the Panthers is a nice chip to have. We're kind of in trouble here if we want to have anything semblance of a top five pick. And then the Titans win and uh, you know, and then the dolphins lose. It, it was just a crazy Monday night. So yeah. now it's like, we're in this weird zone where we don't know what we want. So <laughs> I'm just going to see what happens and react to it when it comes. Well, speaking of knowing what you want, I think in Chicago, the biggest question revolving around knowing what you want happens at the quarterback position and Justin Fields, who at times, for the Bears looks spectacular. I mean, he's he played some uh, or he made some plays in that Detroit game uh and made some throws in that Detroit game and made some plays with his legs in that Detroit game that showed you why people in Chicago were excited about him in the first place and why he was a high draft pick in the first place. And then he has games where he doesn't look like that. And 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 there's a bit of inconsistency there. So, you know, from your point of view, um it, it, again, that adds to this layer of an interesting spot to be in because you're going to have one of the top two or three picks for sure if you don't have number one, and you're going to have another high enough draft pick. I mean, the conversation always revolves around quarterback. Are the Bears going to go out and find another quarterback, or are they going to try to figure this thing out with Fields? It's hard. It's hard, right, because I think going into this season, Caleb Williams, no matter what, whoever has that number one pick, if you need a quarterback, you're taking them. No questions asked. This season didn't go how I think people thought it would for Caleb, right? No. They, they had a bad season. He wasn't as good as he was the year before. And I think it's made everyone kind of rethink the whole process. Now, Justin Fields has a lot of flaws. I've been maybe his biggest homer or champion since, you know, <laughs> this whole three years he's been here. Within the last – before he got injured and then the Vikings game was really bad, I have been kind of dipping on him. But now I'm just like – I don't know if you want to know. I don't know if the grass is greener, so to speak, at this point. You know, I don't know if the grass is greener. Yeah, and I don't know. I don't know that there's a quarterback coming out. Uh, I don't know there's a quarterback coming out of college that you can say for sure is like, you know, if there was a Joe Burrow sitting there, this is a different conversation. Sure. If, if there was Patrick Mahomes sitting there, even though nobody knew about him coming out yeah. of college. but Trevor Lawrence. This is a different conversation. But – 
then the question becomes, because I'm, sit, I'm sitting here thinking about how we're going to talk about this tonight. I'm thinking, what do I want if I'm a Bears fan? And you watched, the Bears front office has made some spectacular moves over the last 12 months, really. And you watch what they did last year when they traded away that draft pick to the Carolina Panthers because last year, as good as C.J. Stroud has been, and we love C.J. Stroud here in Ohio, as good as he's been, there again, there wasn't that consensus, surefire, number one. I mean, Bryce Young went first overall. Uh and so we're kind of in that spot again. So the question then becomes, let's say the Bears have like one and four. Could they do it again? Could they, could they get somebody that's going to be desperate for Caleb Williams and have them trade up knowing you already got the four pick and get another weapon and more draft stock for the following year? I mean, I feel like the Bears could pretty easily build their team that way. Yeah, listen, I love that. Because let me tell you, having first two first-rounders is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun i love it trade it to another team who stinks and then we'll be right at the top again and then maybe we could you know swing and try to take a quarterback then after field you know we'll have to know if we want to pick up his fifth year option or not before the year but all right we'll pay fields a boatload of money for one fifth year but if he still has a bad year four then we'll we'll take or draft a quarterback then i don't know i'm i'm not opposed to that at all i'm really not man uh, you say having multiple first round picks is fun i as a browns fan Eddie begged to differ. I begged to differ because every time we have multiple first round picks, we do things like take Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel or Trent Richardson and Brandon Whedon. And it just never tends to go the way we want it to go when we have multiple, multiple first round picks. So as soon as I left my mouth, I thought of that Johnny Manziel. I, I truly <laughs> yeah. did. And I was like, Oh, I, I shouldn't say that for the Cleveland folk, but it did, it did, it did hit me. It's hurtful. It's all right. It's it brings up it brings up painful memories, especially as I, I'm a, I'm an admitted guy that really thought Johnny Manziel was going to be good. And man, what was the good. other one? Baker and Denzel Ward was that it? No, that was yeah, that was all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Baker and Denzel and Denzel Ward. Obviously, when he's on the field, Denzel Ward is spectacular. Obviously, yeah. Baker moved on, uh, but that one worked out okay. Was that one so, and four or yeah, yeah, one and four. Yeah, so one and four. We're at one and five right now. So I know, I know. So the really the kind of push from the Bears and your game this weekend was spectacular. I mean, I mean, to, to take on the nine win Detroit Lions and really the Bears ran away with that game. I mean, big plays from uh, from DJ Moore, that pickup in that trade and Justin Fields and, and defensively the Bears ever since they acquired Montez Sweat and got a little bit healthier on defense. The Bears have been like a top five defense in the league. I mean, they are playing really really well they made life for jared goff miserable they made life for their old buddy david montgomery miserable miserable uh in that game against the lions so just talk about why is the bears defense for those of us that maybe don't see the bears every single week you know we're busy watching the browns and we see highlights and all that stuff but as a guy that watches every minute of the game why has the bears defense been able to kind of turn it up as the season has gone on yeah i mean you hit the nail on the head they were it was trending up a little bit before montez sweat but adding him to the defense and taking some pressure off the other end with Ngaku and 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 really just being able to be so good against the run and the pass has shifted the defense so much. Like obviously, you know, it all starts up front. You guys play good up front. Uh, also, our rookie Jervin Dexter, he's stepped up a lot too. So it all just kind of came together at the right time. And it's our, our DBs have benefited from the most, like uh, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon. Everything is just kind of clicking and. Um, I mean, the big like the, the topic nobody really wants to talk about right now is our head coach. You know, he took over the defense after we had that debacle, losing our defensive coordinator 
after the first oh, yeah. week of the season. Nobody knew what was going on. It was the weirdest thing. It, it was you're and, and you're you're Cleveland. You're used to dumpster fires too, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you we live in one. So it was it was so bad. It was so thing. Nothing was good, and the unit as a whole really just did they play themselves into it? Is really sweat the the key that was missing? I think it's all kind of it's all kind of mixed together in that. It's all kind of everything. When you saw when you saw the Bears trade for Montez Sweat, because I think you know when when the 49ers trade for Chase Young, it's like okay, the the competing team, one of the top teams in football, just went and got themselves a piece, uh, and they gave up some assets for it. But what do they care? I think when a lot of people saw the Bears giving up picks to go get Montez Sweat, everybody's like, what what's happening right there? Like, what are the Bears doing? Because at the time, the Bears looked a little bit hapless. The Bears didn't look great. What was your reaction? Like the minute you saw the Bears traded for Montez, what what did what what went through your head? Mike, I couldn't understand why a two-win team was trying to trade for a pass rusher <laughs> that was almost there. I couldn't understand it. I couldn't understand it at all. It was like what like that's a team who's ready to compete. But the more and and also we do have this uh this the hindsight of trading a second rounder for Chase Claypool that blew up in our face. So yeah. there was a lot of there was a lot of confusion, but in a weird way and how our brains are wired to root for these franchises. The fact that not everybody liked it was almost like, Hey, this might be good. Cause those are the moves that work out. But when everyone's going nuts and this is like the Super Bowl on, those are never the moves that work out for the Browns or the bears. You know, <laughs> no, no, never, ever. It's, it's the chase Claypool moves that usually happen yep. to, to our, our franchises, mm-hmm. but that is changing for yep. apparently both of us for apparently both of us. Right. I hope who knew. I hope. Who knew this could happen? Uh, you brought him up before, uh, Matt Eberflus, because that's the other thing that everybody talks about when they talk about the Bears. Um, kind of a dopey-looking guy, man, Matt Eberflus, and he's over there on the sideline looking a little bit dopey. And yet, like you said, kind of when he threw his hat and said, I'm a defense guy, I'm going to go coach the defense, uh, there have been massive improvements. I-, I think, if I'm not mistaken, and again, I listen to you guys a lot, and frankly, the pulse of Chicago sports really comes from what I hear from you guys. Uh, but it sounded to me at one point in the season like it was like, all right, we got to get out of this guy. We got to get rid of Eberflus. And it felt almost unanimous. Like It felt like Chicago was like, we got we to gotta move on from this guy. Has that shifted a little bit lately? It seems like it has. I, not, not as much. Like I would say like if it's if, – if, you know, five games in – Justin Fields and the Matt Eberflus meter, it was, it was very low. Fields a little higher. Eberflus was almost pretty much rock bottom. Everyone thought it was a foregone conclusion that we were going to dump this guy. Um, but you rattle off a few wins. We we beat you guys. We went three in a row. You know, and and, and you're really sitting in a position where you play Arizona. They're terrible. Then we're going to play Atlanta. They're not world beaters. And then you end the season in Green Bay. It's like. This guy, somehow the Bears, as bad as things have been, they have a shot to win nine games and have an over 500 record. So I don't understand <laughs> how you're going to get to a spot where you fire a coach who makes that kind of comeback, you know? I don't – I don't. I, honestly, I, I'm troubled by it. It's it's so puzzling. <laughs> it really is puzzling. Yeah, listen, we – I mean, we deal with it here. Um, Kevin Stefanski is probably 60% popular in Cleveland, which is wild to me. And again, I'm an I'm an admitted Kevin Stefanski homer. Uh, I I love Kevin Stefanski. I think he's a great coach. But man, people just people don't like that he's not the fire most fiery guy. People don't like that he that he calls the plays, and sometimes he calls good plays, and sometimes he calls bad plays, and they don't always work out. People hate the fact that he likes to pass the ball. And here in Cleveland, people think you should just run the ball. 
92 times a game and just be done with it. Uh, and yeah, there's still people that are thinking, like I'm sitting here screaming, pounding the table. This team is eight and five. And 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 for the most part, you're playing the majority backups right now. Like the majority of the team that's playing right now are backups, and you're eight and five, and you just beat Jacksonville. And I'm like, get the extension on the table for this guy. Like, put the extension on the table and get him to sign it. I mean, Mike, to put that in perspective, I believe right now there are 12 teams with a seven and six or a six and seven record that are all battling. They're all battling for the last couple spots. You guys are above that threshold. That's pretty dang good right now. And, well, especially. And considering your quarterback situation has been super weird all season, from an outsider looking in, it seems pretty nice what the Browns got going on. So, so Eddie, I, I like to do this before we really break down this game and look at the matchups and look at the offenses and the defenses going up against one, one another. I do like to turn it over to you for just a minute and just ask if there's anything you guys have talked about or seen or anything with the Browns that you're like, Man, if I could talk to somebody talking about the Browns right now, this is what I would ask him. I, I guess my question would be right now: Flacco is is is, is the is the topic, right? Just yeah. how this guy stepped in and he's done, like you, no expectation that he was going to do this, right? Like, what did you think when he when he Joe Flacco's a starter to now? No expectation that he was going to do anything, Eddie. Like yeah. not even like 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 no expectation for anything. But I will say this, a lot of us that cover the team said from the beginning of the year, and this included Deshaun Watson, and I said this about Deshaun Watson, with the way this Browns team is constructed now, especially when they're healthy, but when the way this this Browns team is constructed, uh, you don't need, I don't need Houston Deshaun Watson right now. He can work his way back to that, but I don't need that. I need a guy that can come in and manage the game and make easy throws and like keep the ball moving because there's enough talent on this team everywhere. You're going to score points. Just keep the ball moving. Get your defense some rest because when the defense rests, you're going to stop the other team because this defense is incredible. And, and that's what I said. And Watson kind of was getting to that point. I mean, that game he played against the Ravens, he was really efficient, obviously. Uh, and then the next day they announced he was out for the season and, and that was tough. Uh, mm-hmm. PJ Walker, we watched, he's an XFL quarterback and he, he tries to make the big play every time and he just fumbles like 14 times a game. And shout out to him because we won some games. Like he beat the 49ers, uh, but you're not going to win consistently like that. And Dorian Thompson Robinson's just a young kid that has to learn how to play and he's a, a fifth round draft pick. So he's a project. Joe Flacco, I think maybe we should have seen it coming a little bit, Eddie. Maybe not as good as he's been, but I think maybe we should have seen. This is the offense that Kevin Stefanski likes to run. Joe Flacco is, he's still got a cannon. Uh, and they're keeping him clean. They're getting the ball out of his hands fast. And he can just manage the football game. And and you, this is what this team needs. Just get a guy that can manage the football game and, and you can win. So uh, it's been fun to watch, man. It's been very fun to watch. So what does that mean for the $200 million man? The $200 million man is still the guy. Again, I just think... I think what it needs to do is set a little bit of a precedent for him. When you come back, you do not have to feel the pressure to do too much. Don't go crazy with what you're doing. Just make the easy throws, get the ball out of your hands, get out of trouble and make the plays with your legs when you need to, because you're good at that. But take a page out of Flacco's book and then hit the big play when it's there. Mm -hmm. That's what Flacco has been doing really well. He's not forcing the big play. He's looking, he's finding the big play and he's hitting it when he's there. So listen, we hated Joe Flacco for a thousand years. There's no team I like less than the Baltimore Ravens. I'd rather have the Pittsburgh Steelers win championships than Baltimore. Wow. Uh, but, but 
yeah, that's our team. They took our team. I can't like that team. That's true. Uh, but it's been pretty cool to watch. State, Ohio, Cincinnati thing has like surpassed that or not, but no. that's what was in here. No. no, there's no – It'll never – it'll never do that. No. Interesting. No. Now, we always – like there's just this – it's not like we like the Bengals, but it's like, yeah, it's the Bengals. Okay. okay. And that, but the other teams are the ones that we want to beat all the time. So, mm-hmm. so, anyways, Eddie, let's talk about this game coming up because, again, lots of interesting matchups. And I think a game that a lot of Browns fans, even recently, and even though they've gone through a couple struggles and with the injuries and stuff, I think a lot of Browns fans had this game scheduled or circled on the schedule as, all right, the Browns should, should beat the Bears. Like, this should be a, a win and you move on. Because especially at this point in the season, you're figuring the Bears are probably playing for draft picks. Now, all of a sudden, the Bears don't look like they're playing for draft picks. They're playing hard. They're playing really well. And this becomes a very challenging game for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and so let's first talk about that Bears offense. Uh, and and when the Bears offense looks good, Eddie, what are, what are they doing well? They have design runs for Justin Fields. And it's that simple. When they try to put Justin Fields in the pocket, make him a statue, and they try to make him, you know, go to his third read, and they're trying to, you know, have a have a long protection scheme. It just it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Fields is best when he's rolling out of the pocket, when he's on a design run. Um, that's far and away when this offense is humming the most. And I'll tell you, like based on your defense, like you're gonna have to do that a lot because you guys got some boys up front, obviously. So that's without question. Design runs. Moving fields out of the pocket, that's 1A, 1B. Yeah, and that's and that's interesting because in a couple of the games the Browns have played this year, I, I think about the Denver game specifically, that was a problem for the Browns. Uh, Russell Wilson got out on the run against the Browns, and he killed us with his legs. And we're talking about Russell Wilson. Uh, so Justin Fields, at this point, obviously a much better runner of the football than Russell Wilson. The Browns have to be uh, ready and uh, ready for him to get out of the pocket and run because – that makes me nervous. That makes me nervous in this game. And, Michael, let's not forget, what was it, two years ago when he played it? What was it, week three or something? Like Justin a million Fields sacks. First start, I think you guys sacked him eight times. Mm-hmm. Eight times. So, like, I had that, like, deja vu thing where I hope that doesn't happen. But, like, I could I could totally see our offensive coordinator being an idiot and, and not doing anything different. So, we'll see. Yeah, well, I think the Bears have some better weapons than they had that first time, obviously, uh, with, with DJ Moore out there. And Cole Komet has been a weapon uh, for the Bears. And, and mm-hmm. so, some better weapons. Uh, well, who else? I, I think about the Bears running game. Uh, it, it, is it really focused around Justin Field, or have they been able to run the ball pretty well with their backs? It's been a weird year for the running back position, I would say, because Khalil Herbert was yep. he was RB1 coming in. He got hurt. Uh, Roshan Johnson stepped in, then he got hurt. And then we were down to Deontay Foreman, who kind of carried the load. And now nobody, now that they're all healthy again, nobody has really emerged. So now they're in that weird situation where I think he can split carries with two guys. With three, it just becomes, uh, I don't know, it looks out of out of whack. It looks like nobody's really settling in. And that's one area where it has been kind of been kind of puzzling to see, I guess. Yeah. So again, uh, I think that's the best. I think that's the best way to look at that matchup. Obviously, on the Brown side, you brought it up. The key is to you got to pressure and, and you got to pressure him, Justin Fields, in a smart way. You cannot be doing those. Uh, sometimes the Browns can be real good at uh, having Zadarius Smith and Miles Garrett rush wide on the outside and leave those massive running lanes. They can't do that. Uh, or you got to have somebody there to fill the gap. That's what the Browns have to be really good at. The linebackers have to come to play. Anthony Walker and JOK have got to fill those running lanes and not let Justin Fields 
uh, get moving if they can contain. I feel pretty good. I feel nervous if Justin Fields is out on the run and the Browns can't contain him. I feel nervous about this game. I feel pretty good about this game if the Browns can contain him and do exactly what you said, Eddie. Make him throw the ball at these defensive backs. Hopefully we're getting uh, Denzel Ward back sometime in the near future. Uh, he was a late scratch before last game, so hopefully he's good for this game. And the Browns cornerbacks ate up uh, the, in the last game. They ate up Trevor Lawrence. Uh, uh, several interceptions, MJ Emerson with two, Greg Newsom with one. So you got to try to get Justin Fields, like you said, being a statue in the pocket. And I Does think Garrett that's, that's got to be the key. The right tackle? Garrett lines up wherever – he normally lines up over the left tackle. Over the left tackle, okay. Right. Yep. So he will normally line up over the left tackle, but then you'll see him. I don't know if you saw the highlight of him. Uh, I don't, he was doing like a bunny hop. He's done the crossover move. Uh, he does that like two or three times a game where he goes over into the middle, lines up over a, a, the center or one of the guards and crosses him over and gets a sack. So, mm -hmm. yeah, with, with him, you never know where he's going to be. Uh, and that's obviously the thing you guys got to be most concerned about. For sure. For sure. On the other side of the ball, again, we talked about that Bears uh, defense um, with the Cleveland Browns and Joe Flacco. And, again, backup running backs. And Amari Cooper's been banged up, but he played last week, so it's good to see him back. Uh, Elijah Moore, David Njoku. What's been the area when the, when the Bears defense has gotten hurt a little bit this year? What's been the area that they've – have they been a little bit more susceptible against the run or the pass this year? Really, it's been our front seven just can't create anything. And like I said, obviously it's a little bit of a different team. Now we have Montez Sweat, but our front seven, there were there, you know, we threw a lot of money, you know, not a lot, but a sizable amount of money at our our linebacking core, and it really hasn't lived up to what we thought it would. You know, we we got rid of Roquan last year, obviously, and we signed Edmonds and T.J. Edwards to kind of fill the gap for both of them, and it. It just hasn't really – nothing really meshed, you know, because we also have young guys playing our three technique and playing the other the other defensive tackle spot. So, uh, against the run, we, we've been pretty good as of late. Like I said, it was trending upwards, and we're doing well now. But that was definitely an area, our, our defensive front seven, that was kind of struggling when we're, when we're at our worst, I guess. But now they look – as a whole, as a unit, they look really good. So, who knows? Yeah, and that's that's been. I feel like the last couple guys I've talked to uh, doing uh, the doghouse, uh, whether it was Jacksonville last week or, and they didn't know what Trevor Lawrence looked like at the time and didn't know if he was going to play. I feel like there's a lot of teams kind of in the same boat where there's a lot of teams that aren't really sure what to expect. Yeah, a lot of like fans he, aren't really sure what to expect out of their teams. No, like you of us, like, both of us. Yes, I had my opinion formed on this team, and then out of nowhere, they punched me in the face. They went, <laughs> they won two straight. They blew one against the Lions. We won Thursday night against a bad Panthers team. But it's like, wait, what is going on? It's been it's been so weird to actually like have to reassess everything. So yeah, it's you, crazy. You're in a win-win, Eddie. I just I just realized it. You're in a win-win because the Bears could also lose out the rest of the year. No, they're not yeah. going to do that. They've they've got some not so great teams on the schedule, and the way their defense is playing, they should win a couple more games. But they could lose several more games. And you could always look back and be like, man, look at the fight they showed against the Lions. Look at what they did right there towards the end. Look at the push they went on on defense. You can look towards building on that defense and giving more weapons to the offense and knowing your draft picks are going to be great. Or you could you could win several more games and be like, what? This season was way more fun than we thought it could be. So who knew at the beginning or who knew even midway through the year that you'd be looking at the Bears going, uh, it's kind of a win-win at this point for them. It's crazy. We have turned into a – a, a sneaky, solid, bad team. 
you know, <laughs> like we're a team, like, like you said, you guys pencil is a win, but now you're like, man, I'm not so sure. This yeah. is not really the bears team we wanted to face. You would have rather got us earlier in the year. So it, it's a, it's a very confusing season. All right, Eddie, I got like two more minutes with you. So I'm going to finish with this. Uh, give me in your opinion, knowing what you know about the Browns a little bit, and obviously knowing all that you know about the Bears, give me to you what's your key to the game in this one? What what's what's the key to success for either team? I, I think the key here, I, I think what it comes down to was if this game's at Soldier Field, I kind of think I'd take the Bears. But the fact that it's in Cleveland, that kind of skews me towards you guys. To I think in the end, you'll probably win this game. So that that's it sounds crazy, but home field advantage just means means a lot. It's been big for the Browns. The Browns are six and one at home on the season. One of the best home teams in football, the bears two and five on the road. Again, a lot of that was a previous iteration of the bears, uh, but two and five on the road against six and one at home. The Browns have been really good at home. So uh, last thing, Eddie, before I let you go, uh, what's your prediction for this game? Let's say 21, 13 Browns would be my guess. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of in the same boatish. I was going to say like 24 to 10. But again, mm -hmm. I, you know, I don't think it's a blowout and I think that Bears defense um I think that Bears defense could keep the Bears and I feel like this is a game the Browns could maybe run away with a little bit late. Um but I I think uh in the end I think this could be a really close game. And I think it could be a really entertaining game and you know us here in Ohio, we like our, our our Justin Fields, we like our Ohio State players. So there is going to be a little part of us Browns fans that are like, ah, all right, he's playing okay. We like this as long as we get the win at the end. That's what matters. Totally, yeah, and, and I hope I'm wrong. And I'm just like you said, I'm just excited. We're kind of playing with house money at this point. I like that these last four games we're playing three top ten defenses and you guys, uh, the Packers and the Falcons. So we're going to yeah. get even more evaluation of Fields. Uh, I like that our rookie right tackle is going to be going up against Miles Garrett. Like. Stuff like that is what I get excited for when I don't know what I want as far as the outcome goes, you know? So that's good stuff. You're pissing people off in the comments, Eddie, uh, because people want to hate the guests on the show because you represent the opponent. And we keep having good people on the show. And I knew Eddie was going to be good. I knew nobody was going to hate you. Uh, but <laughs> people want to get mad. Maybe that last game against the Bengals, I'll find somebody terrible that you guys can all be pissed at. Uh, Eddie, go follow Eddie. If you're not, you know, again, this sounds ridiculous because Eddie's one of the biggest podcast hosts in the country. Uh, and so uh, I'm sure you all follow Eddie and I'm sure you know about the show. But if you don't, go check out The Dog Walk. Again, I, I think it's my favorite podcast that doesn't exist here on the OBR streaming network. Uh, uh, the Dog Walk is amazing. The Barstool Mid Show is great. And, and everything you do, Eddie, is great. You are you're an awesome guy. You're really cool to come on and hang out with us and uh, really appreciate you. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll catch you out at, uh, at Putin Bay. Uh, someday hey i was gonna say let's see it. any doghouse listeners listening if the browns win you see me putting bay this summer i'll get you a beer hey there we I'm go. Gonna, I, we're recording that that's gonna play forever <laughs> all right eddie thank you so much for joining man uh look forward to catching everything that you do and good luck to you and the bears this weekend appreciate it mike have a good one that is barstool eddie again go go check out everything he does uh the guy is awesome and and again he doesn't need me to say that but uh, one of the one of the biggest uh, podcast hosts that came on to hang out with us here in the doghouse to talk about the Bears and to talk about the Cleveland Browns. Uh, and again, I, I think we both were kind of feeling the same way. So listen, that's going to do it for the doghouse. Uh, a half hour episode today, but that is awesome. He gave some great stuff about this matchup and we got the Cleveland Browns 
and the Chicago Bears coming up. Oh, we got a visitor. There's Patrick. We got the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears coming up on Sunday at Cleveland Browns Stadium. Browns looking for their ninth win of the season as they push towards the playoffs. And Patrick's eating pretzels. Uh, so, again, shout out to our buddy Philly for the great gear. Get in touch with Philly if you've got a business that you want uh, Philly to do your branding and get you some merchandise. Philly does the best work, and that's going to do it for us. Go do something for an hour and then come back because at 9 o'clock, I'm back. Chad's back. Joey's back. It's time for Garage Beers. We got our buddy Mark Schwab from WOIO, longtime Cleveland sports broadcaster. Mark Schwab is coming on from WOIO. Uh, so we're going to talk Browns. We're going to talk uh, Tribe. We're going to talk Cavs and Blue Jackets and, all, and everything in between. So join us at 9 o'clock for uh, Garage Beers. That's going to do it for us on the dog walk for Ian in the background, for myself, for everybody at the OBR. Thanks for tuning in, uh, and we will see you the rest of the week on the streaming network. Uh, but for now, cheers. Go Cavs. Or go Cavs. Go Browns, everybody. <laughs> you messed me up.